Energy connected with exceptional minds It's a healing in my soul, the feeling divine Dark rooms in my psyche, I turn into shrines All the haters' comments, I turn into rhymes Read it back and it said, ah, never mind Redirecting this radiant thought process To things more meaningful, I'm focused on progress It's selective commentary that I digest Only needs to be constructive or it's nonsense Nowadays seem to speak from my conscience Submerged in this rap world, directing this content To whomever have goals to accomplish This energy welcomes you to be one with Opportunity for you to have fun if You let go, feel free, and you love this Yep, the vibe Hi everyone, and welcome to the Dimensional Dreams Podcast This is your host, Didi, And I'm so glad to be here with you today Exchanging energy Today we've got a very, very interesting dream We're going to be talking about I'm very excited to talk about this because it has really, really good information about life and just metaphysics and um, the spiritual world in general. Um, and of course, happy Lion's Gate. Um, there's a lot of energy here, so I'm just really, really excited. <laughs> uh, I'm just really, really excited. Today's going to be a very, very good day. And so the end of Lion's Gate, of course, is today. And Lionsgate really brings in um, creativity, showing up as yourself, being authentic, um, and getting into life a lot. That's usually the themes of Leo energy, um, and usually what I personally get from Lionsgate. So today we have our tarot message, and today we have the Page of Cups. Then we have the Hierophant in reverse, the Sun card, the Ten of Pentacles, and at the bottom of the deck with the overall energy, we have the Ace of Pentacles. So I feel like today the message is really talking about just um, thinking in new ways on how to do what brings you passion in life. The Page of Cups is really this romantic view of life. Um <clears throat> that's what it can represent, and that's what I feel like here with the Ace of Pentacles is like, um, what lights you up? What are you passionate about? Before you start talking about what's possible, what's not possible, and pushing away opportunities to see, um, to be very clear about what it is that you do want in life, and then asking for innovative ideas on how to bring that into existence. Um, with the Hierophant and the Sun card showing up here, um, I feel like the message is that you don't have to be the leader or the boss necessarily to make a difference, to make a change, to build an empire. You don't need, um, you also don't need like some massive idea um, either to build an empire, to um, create wealth to, you know, be well off. Um, you have to, I feel like it's just more of being more specific and then catering what it is that you want to do, um, to help out humanity at large, bigger manifestations for a lot more people and how it benefits a lot more people. I feel like, um, is easier to manifest than just, one single person or maybe just a few people um so i feel like that's a really really big message here is to try to see how what it is that you want to do or you know if it's that you want to um, up level something or you want to uh, move to a different location and do something somewhere else you know this change or it's talking about that it could be time for some innovation to think of the next level to bring your product or information or, you know, if it is a job position, you know, how to get a raise maybe. Um, it feels like there's definitely some push towards the next level of something, taking something to the next level. 
and leveling up is a part of progression in general. And so it doesn't take a huge idea. It doesn't take a whole lot of willpower. It doesn't take like willpower in the sense that you have to give like all of your energy, blood, sweat, and tears and time into making this thing happen. It takes focus. It takes organization and a plan, a vision. Um, the other message that kind of goes along with that is um, that... How would I say that? Um, <clears throat> that goes along with that is that uh, even if something starts off as a small idea, it could blossom into something that's much bigger than what you know and what you expect. So make a plan, even if it's a small plan, something small, and just stick with it because consistency brings expansion. Uh, you know, don't exit out plans or information and things like that before you are really consistent in something for a while. Because usually when you are in alignment with your decision, you know, you stick to it, you, you're like, this is what I'm going to do. Um, usually most of the time, the results always have unexpected uh, situations that are positive that it's like I could have never put this and this and this together um, the universe is definitely coming together to bring you what you want and it has the ability to bring you what you want because it exists out in the world <laughs> if you can perceive it it can happen um, so I feel like this is definitely also another message about thinking more long term in the sense of like long term as far as in your life, but also the long term impact that it will have on people who come in contact with it. Um, and I feel like that's also a message with the Hierophant in reverse is to make sure that you're putting out products or you're supporting products or you are a representative of something that has a good message behind it, that's got good intentions behind it, um, that the long-term effects of it, it's going to yield good fruit. That's a very, very important message that's coming through. If you're supporting a product line that you really don't like or it has a message that's sketchy or it's not really going to benefit people in general, um, I wouldn't recommend to keep going with that. Um, because... Uh, where we end up in life is an accumulation of small and big decisions. And what we support in small ways and in big ways has an impact on on everyone to a certain degree, but especially the people that you consistently come in contact with. So I feel like there's definitely a message of making sure that you are um, impacting future generations in a positive way by, you know, whether it's specifically you are developing something to put out to the world or you're supporting someone or even you're just representing a company, it's going to have an impact for generations because every, each person is an accumulation of many different energies. So make sure you're supporting and impacting people in a positive way that has a message that, um, is something that you're passionate about and write down ideas if you get a revelation about something like oh this would be a really good idea make sure to write it down sometimes what I do is um, I have like a google drive document about like spirit inspired ideas and stuff and I just write them down and I don't always get back to them immediately but I at least have them written down so it's like some random day a year from now and I look at it and I'm like oh my gosh yes that's such a good idea maybe I can put some time and energy into that because I forgot that I even got that idea so also make sure that you're documenting um, these ideas so I'm going to shuffle one more time and see if there's any messages. I do feel like past life messages of um past life messages of 
being in control of something or having control over something that's really impactful, I do see that. So whether you are a leader in a past life, um, whether you were a part of a, a powerful family, which I mean, I feel like most people on earth are connected to a royal, some type of royal family somewhere at some point in time, right? And what came out um, with that is the Six of Swords. So I think the message here is that um, it's okay to walk away from something that's really big or that you feel like is could be really big um, if it doesn't, if it's not in alignment. Because even if something looks like it's, you know, gaining traction, looks like it's in a good position, you know, it's got... Uh, you know, a lot of followers or fame or whatever, if the foundation is not based on something solid, eventually it will crumble. Even if it's not in, you know, this lifetime, a next lifetime, whatever, um, eventually everyone in a sense has to pay the piper. And so you just want to be attached to things that have a good and healthy, solid foundation um, and really has good intentions. Um, even if it seems to cost you money and opportunities and blah, 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 in the short term, long term, um, you'll be fine and it'll work out. <laughs> and I feel like there's a little bit of adopting Capricorn energy here, a little bit of Leo energy of this kind of assurance and self-value, self-worth, and a high level of moral integrity. This is a really, really, really good time to be in that energy and make sure that especially you're sticking to a moral code, not taking on more responsibility than you have to and not, you know, you don't necessarily have to be the champion that changes the whole brand or, you know, the person that brings down a whole organization. You don't necessarily have to take on that. But what you can do in just a very simple way is that if you know that something is just not that great for the environment, it's not that great for other people, it's not very family-friendly, you know, all these different things um, to definitely emotionally and energetically um, remove yourself from it. Uh, definitely, yes. So, yeah, that's what I have for our tarot message today. I hope that that was inspiring and that it speaks to just that this is such a good time for creativity and building healthy foundations and new foundations and ones that are very, very sturdy. It's a really good time to up level to start thinking about um, innovation and how you can bring some more compassion, bring some more new ideas, some fresh energy, some like a, it's kind of like a reviving energy um, to the way that you are in service to the world and other people and humanity. And then of course, it always circles back to you and then you are, um, you know, blissed by that and get positive manifestations and all these different things. So that's our little tarot message. <laughs> and uh, now we're going to be talking about the dream for today, which I'm really excited to talk about this dream um, because it has such interesting information. Um, so, yes, let's go ahead and talk about this dream. <laughs> so this dream that I had... Um, I don't actually remember when I had this dream. It was either 2019 or 2020. Um, and in the dream, I was like waking up and not waking up from a bed, but just coming to consciousness, you know, um, I think I've said this in most of my dreams, it kind of starts out where I'm like in the middle of a scene and I have enough consciousness and awareness to know that like, I have to kind of, um, what's the word calibrate myself to what's going on because I know like I'm just going to be thrown in the middle of something and then I have to figure out you know um, what my decisions are going to be and blah 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 
Um, sometimes I know, like, I remember this reality, not in full detail, of course, but I remember, like, certain aspects, like, I have a husband and I have children, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so in this reality, I'm, like, coming to and I'm kind of, you know, orienting into my body and figuring out what's going on. And so I, like, look down and I'm definitely in, like, a Victorian age dress. And so I'm like, this is very interesting. <laughs> this is interesting you know and it was like one of those big poofy dresses I mean, it was very ornately designed um I saw little gemstone kind of looking things on the dress you know um and I even think that I had like a, a umbrella maybe or something like that I feel like I had like a little decorative umbrella you know maybe like a sun like something to block out the sun or something and so I'm like oh, okay this is interesting um and I also knew that I was in a body that was mine, but it wasn't from modern times. Um, I also like just knew that in my mind, like, oh, I'm sitting in a past version of myself, you know? And so I was like, this is interesting. So I'm just kind of coming to, and I realized that I am in this Victorian. <laughs> I'm in this Victorian age kind of dressed, but I'm sitting in this very modern white van, you know, like the church vans and stuff. And I'm like, wait, wait, this this is not correct. And it was kind of like almost like immediately it it was so like odd that I mean, it was like, wait, what's going on here? Because these time periods are not even the same. So I'm like, what is going on? And so now I'm becoming more aware, more conscious and stuff. And um, as I'm looking around, I'm seeing that I'm also in the van with other family members that I know in this lifetime. Now, when I was looking at them, I knew them from the perspective of this lifetime. So who they were in relation to me in this lifetime. And they look like themselves in this lifetime. Um, And so, but everybody was still dressed in this Victorian age thing. Um, and it was all women in the car. And so I was kind of like the daughter of someone. So there's one person in the car who I did not recognize. But there's two other women who are a part of my family now. Um, but the one woman that I didn't recognize, I felt like was the woman who was like the oldest, like the mother type of energy. And it was Felicia Rashad. <laughs> It was Felicia Rashad. <laughs> it was Felicia Rashad, okay? And so I was sitting on like the front row of the van, um, you know, behind the driver, but in the front row. And then um, I had another uh, family member from this life who was sitting next to me on the right side of me, closer to the doors, because I was sitting closer to the driver's seat, the window. Um, and then I had another family member sitting directly beside me. And then Felicia Rashad was also on the second row closer to the window. And um, she had something over her head. Like, I don't know if it was kind of like a white mini veil looking thing. But there is like some type of like lace crochet kind of thing. Like, uh, I can't remember if it was like directly sitting on her forehead or kind of like extended out kind of covering her eyes or something like that but I just noticed it because I was like is that supposed to be shielding the sun or something um and I just thought it was interesting because like um when we were in the van it was like kind of uh um like going to nighttime it was almost nighttime and so I'm sitting in the van I'm like what are we doing here and why are we dressed like this and everybody was in the stress. And so we're just kind of chatting and blah, 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 blah. And then um, all of a sudden, I um, I realized that we're waiting for some type of celestial alignment to happen. Because when I looked outside the van, so at first I was just really focused on talking to everybody in the van. And then I think Felicia Rashad or somebody opened up the van. And I realized that we're waiting for someone to come back to the car. And the person the van and the person that left the van like they left like um saying that they had to use the bathroom or something but I had just remembered that like we needed to open up the van to let this last person in okay 
And so as we we're opening up the van, we were like sitting in front of this house that was also modern. Like it was, you know, red and brownish kind of brick. Um, it was like an estate. It wasn't even just a house. It was like an estate. It had this huge brick. Um, I can't even call it a gate. It was like a wall around the property and plenty of like really big trees. I don't know if they were oak trees. I don't really know trees like that, but it was a very big, um, thick trunk, you know, full leaves and stuff like that, you know, um, trees lining, lining around this wall. Um, and so you couldn't see the house because the walls and the trees were clearly supposed to be blocking out the view of the house. But it was huge. But the other thing that I realized, which I guess it could have still been in modern times, even though it wasn't modern, though, um, they also had like a few um, of like those old London uh, street lights in the front of this property. And I just thought that that was strange. I'm like, where are we? Because this place is just a mixture of all different types of timelines and stuff. Like you got modern day stuff, you got 1500 stuff, you got old London stuff. Like it was just really weird. And I knew that where we were, I, I couldn't even quite place where we were. But I also noticed that like there's a lot of European stuff and it didn't feel like in the van we were in Europe. So I was just like, what is going on here? And so I'm just like, okay, that's weird. And then I noticed um, in the, like, kind of in the distance, but it was so huge that you could see it. There's, like, this yellowish mustard-colored tower also. And it was so out of place. And I was just like, what is going on here? It was so out of place, but it was, like, this very yellowish mustard colored circular tower I think they're like the Irish towers are kind of like that um where you know it's just like one circular tower and then they have like the um oh my gosh what do you call those you know like uh, the square kind of top with cut out pieces of the squares <laughs> in between so you could like look out Oh my gosh, I don't know what that's called, but I hope you understand what I'm saying. Um, and I also noticed that like this tower color looked very um, Spanish architecture. Like it was like the color yellow that they use was just like it looked like more of like a Spanish architecture or something like that. Um, even though it looked like the Irish kind of towers, you know, watch towers kind of. Um, it had like a Spanish kind of feel to it and it looked much older than everything around, um, including our Victorian era dresses. And so I was just like, what is going on? But I knew that there was some type of alignment that was going on with the tower and we were waiting in front of this estate to get to the tower at some precise moment. And so I'm like, okay, I guess we're just sitting here waiting for it to happen. So cool. And so we started talking some more and I don't even remember what the conversation was about, but I think it was just small talk. It wasn't anything super deep and blah, 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 blah. Then all of a sudden, um, the person comes back that was missing and it's the only male there, um, who I do know in this lifetime is the only male there. And he was dressed up in a jester costume. Okay. <laughs> he was like the, the court jester. Okay. And so, you know, he had the full hat with the three, you know, I don't even know what that's called. You know, with the bells that hang off of it, it's got like the three, I'm just going to call it branches. Cause I don't actually know what those are called. Um, but, you know, the full jester hat with the, you know, bells and, you know, the full velvet costume and stuff like that. And so I was like, oh, yeah, that's who was missing. He went to go use the bathroom. But I noticed that when he was coming back to the van, he was like in very deep thought. Like he was not gestury. Like he wasn't being comedic. He wasn't laughing. He wasn't being entertaining like he was in very very deep deep uh thought and I thought it was weird because I feel like I just um hardly ever saw him in that light 
he was always trying to entertain, always, you know, kind of jumping around, you know, just being the jester. And so I was like, what's on his mind? Um, and he just looked despondent. I, I, he just looked really despondent. And I was like, why is he in such deep thought about this? Um, and so then the next thing I noticed is that there was like this energy all of a sudden that was talking to me. And it was a female energy and she was like on my left and I couldn't see her, but I could hear her. Um, and she asked me as I was looking at him, she was like, do you think he's going to be honest? And I immediately started to put like the pieces together. So I was like, oh, okay, there's some type of celestial alignment that's going on that's going to be over top of this tower. And the direct moment that it's over top of this tower, a portal is going to open up. And the portal that's going to open up is going to send us back to our original timeline. And he's in deep thought because none of us in the car, now I'm remembering it as I'm thinking about it before this alignment happens. And this spirit kind of triggers my memory. But it was some kind of strange thing that because we're in, I'll just say like this dimension in this reality where all these different periods are matching up, it was very hard for people to get their memories back. So everyone in the car knew that something important was happening, but we just kind of figured that when it happened, we would know. But nobody could quite grasp it. And so as I'm talking to the spirit, um, some of it starts to come back to me and I start to kind of remember what's going on. And so I remember that there's going to be this alignment, this portal is going to open up, and he is in deep thought because um, he doesn't want to necessarily go back to the original timeline. He doesn't want to be the jester anymore. He wants to be the king. Um, and so she was posing this question of, do I think he was going to be honest? Because he was in deep thought about whether he was going to let everyone know. Because the the alignment, I think it was like a, a lunar, like a total lunar eclipse over this tower. And it was only going to be on, over the tower for like a few minutes. So it was like a, a split second decision. Like as soon as you see it, you need to get up to the top of the tower so you can jump into the portal. Like it wasn't something you could wait on. And so he, um, she wanted to know if I thought that he was going to let everybody know ahead of time so that we can get up there and start walking and be prepared versus getting up there, you know, seeing it and not quite remembering it and missing it again. And it did feel like we missed it before and we had to like do it again. And so I kind of said it out loud and I was like, no, he's not going to be honest. <laughs> and, um, and that's kind of like when Felicia Rashad started to kind of tune in a little bit more to him. And so she's like, Jester, why are you so, um, I forgot what she said specifically, but it was like, you know, what's wrong with you? Why do you look so down? What What's on your mind? And so he started kind of trying to like perk up and like not look as down and stuff. <coughs> Excuse me to not look as down and everything like that and in my head I'm talking to the spirit and I'm like he's not there like he's made a lot of changes and things like that but I can tell by how he's looking that when it comes down to the very last moment of this um he's not going to be honest he his character has not developed to that point of being honest and so I was like you know hopefully I'm wrong but we'll see and so, you know, Felicia Rashad's like, Jester, you know, she's just like, what's going on? You know, he tried to perk up, but of course, you know, she already saw that clearly that's not where he really is. And so she's talking to him and everything like that. And then you start to see the moon coming from the left and it's like traveling towards the tower. And so he like looks at it for a second. And it's like, he did like the most subtle movement that made you be like, oh, is this what we're looking for? But then he tried to kind of like downplay that and just look like he wasn't too worried about it. And so, of course, not everybody is like in high alert. Everybody's shoulders are kind of moving towards him. And, you know, like, we don't know if we should run because it kind of feels like an energy like we need to run to this 
or if we're just kind of overthinking it, you know, people are just in doubt about what's going on and just the energy and trying to interpret it. And so anyway, so he, you know, he's just kind of trying to be jester, his jester self again. And all of a sudden, child, he books it and starts running like he, he took off so fast. I mean, before you could blink, he was already like halfway down the like sidewalk that was like in front of this estate to get to like the gate of it to go past the gate to get to the tower and I was like see I told you like I kept saying that um but the spirit on my left um told me to stay put to not worry about it she was just like don't go run after that so I did I just stayed put and I I figured like okay I guess we're not taking the portal ride this time I guess um but everyone else jumped out the car and they were booking it behind him and I saw everybody like running up the the staircase you know to get to the top on the tower and stuff like that it was very amusing and so like they're trying to run after him and he's just hoping that he's gonna get to the tower before they do and it'll close before they get up to the tower like hopefully they'll just miss it um, which, of course, they did not miss it. They just barely made it. <laughs> and so they did end up getting, um, they did end up getting through the portal. Um, and so, yeah, that was, <laughs> I'm laughing because just the visualization of these people just running up the tower after him, it was so cartoon-like. Um, but it was based on reality, but it was just like such it was so funny to watch. It just looked like a cartoon. Uh, you know, like, when you see, um, like, Tom and Jerry or something, or you see, like, um, Bugs Bunny or something like that, and, like, they show people running fast, and it's just, like, a puff of smoke. Like, <laughs> that's, like, what it looked like. And I was just like, wow. So, anyways, Spirit told me to sit down. So, I just sat down. I just was like, okay, I guess we're missing the portal. So, that was the dream. And now we're going to talk about some of the elements of the stream and the overall message of the stream, which is definitely, I'm going to tell you, it's going to be very metaphysical in nature. And even if you don't like understand what I'm talking about right now, know that there is a version of you that does understand what I'm talking about and that it will come around. So um, it's very metaphysical in nature, but it is a very, very good message. I think even on this Lionsgate portal and talking about integrity, morality, and how um, the different dimensions and realities work um, because they are energetic in nature. Um, so they are metaphysical in nature, even though everything has a level of tangibility and physicality to it. Um, ultimately, how you get the dimensions to really move is through metaphysics, which the metaphysics is connected to the energy, which the energy is connected to both your mind, which is your third eye chakra, and also um, your heart, which is your heart chakra. So that's ultimately how you make really big uh, permanent moves is um, uh, through the heart and mind combined effort not one not the other but both um so yes so what's going on in this dream okay <laughs> all right i'm just still thinking about the as cartoons just running up this tower so anyways um so it's very interesting because um this estate I've seen it before, but I can't quite place where I've seen it. And it kind of reminds me of Break Bills a little bit in The Magicians, which is not necessarily a TV show that I recommend watching. Um, but it kind of reminds me of Break Bills, The Magic University. Um, but then there's also another, like, I feel like I've seen this estate in, like, a movie or something before and you know the connections are important what they associate to is important this tower I have not seen it in this way before but it definitely if you've ever heard of um Louisa Lund which um I'll probably talk about my experience with that another day but if you've ever heard of Louisa Lund um the old Freemason 
tower where, um, you know, St. Germain was supposed to have stayed there. Um, what is that guy? Carl of Hessen Castle um, built it for his wife, I think, who was Bavarian or something like that. Um, you can just look it up, Louisa Lund. It looked like Louisa Lund. However, it had a very Spanish, like South American feel to it. And it felt older. So these towers also associate to Templar towers. Now, if you do some research on Templar towers, now of course, in this life, at least, I am not a Knights Templar. Um, uh, so this is just like research that I've done that uh, resonates and feels like truth. <laughs> but there are some Templar towers where um, I'm not exactly sure how it works, but there's like a tower and then there's like a bottom part of the tower I think where there's water that barely covers you and you like lay down and you look at the stars and when there's a specific alignment something happens now I'm butchering that because I don't remember all the specifics but I've seen it in dreams before and I have another friend who believes she's connected to that um, type of energy who's seen it before as well and there's some type of ritual or ceremony or something that they do with water at the bottom of these towers when there's certain alignments and I feel like there are alignments in connection to Sirius I believe this tower <clears throat> excuse me this tower felt like that um but instead of being at the bottom with water um, you had to get to the top because the moon itself actually opened up as kind of like a like a wormhole, like a, a mini black hole that would actually like transport you to a different dimension, a different timeline. So I thought that was interesting because when I did see them go into it, it's like they literally like jumped into the moon. <laughs> like everybody jumped into this total, I think it was a total lunar eclipse. Um, it was pretty wild to see. And so, anyways, um, and then, of course, there were the London lights, which I, I couldn't quite figure out the association to London just yet. But then, of course, the Victorian age, which I did feel like was connected to, like, the 1500s, something like that. Um, so, the overall message that I got from it when I really sat on it was this First of all, this concept that, now this is very metaphysical, but this is the concept that I got, is that when you have, um, let's say, how would I describe that? So we were in, let's just call it a dimensional reality that was made up of many different timelines. Now, all the energies of the timelines have like a specific signature and so it's very easy to identify it right so like you see bell bottoms right that is easily identified as not a part of this this uh time period timeline and it has its own energy from that timeline which can easily transport you back to that timeline so you might see bell bottoms and then in your head you might start seeing the big afros you know you might start to see um you know other bell bottoms platform shoes you know um what is that called something nights that movie uh i can't remember what the movie is but you know it starts to kind of mentally transport you back to the other timeline because it holds a certain frequency. Now, we can't really necessarily feel the frequency of where we are right now because we're in the midst of it, right? So this is the concept that was going on. It was like there's all these different time periods going on because we're not in the right timeline. And so we're bringing essences of different timelines with us and trying to create this cohesive one. But ultimately, it's difficult to do because we're not in the right timeline. And so we're using this portal to get back to our original timeline, which the theory is that when we got back to our original timeline, 
all the different elements in this dimension that were out of order would return back to their timelines because it felt like the timelines in general are linked to people and are linked to memories. It's not necessarily linked to the objects. It's linked to the people. And so with this jester who wanted to be king, what the spirit was explaining to me is that, how would I describe that? Um, so, so we were a part of like a royal court of people, clearly. And the jester was also a part of this royal court. Now, the royal court is who rules that reality, you know, whether it's just the reality of the kingdom, and then you have people who are part of the kingdom, not a part of the royal family, but they're the one that kind of holds the highest energy vibration. Certain kings, like I say, King Henry VIII, and you already have an idea of what that time period looks like, because he's associated to a specific timeline. Whereas if I tell you about like, you know, um, you know, a woman named, I don't know, Amy or something like that, who's a, you know, potato picker or something, that's not going to give you the same type of energy because she doesn't have the same type of memories and energy associated to her. I hope that makes sense. That could be in any timeline anything but there are certain people who you can place in a timeline and you'll get information about the whole reality because they are sort of representatives of that reality and that time okay so this is the same concept so people might not have remembered the jester but they remember the people in the court though okay so he wanted to be king so if he had gone back because he at least holds enough frequency where people might remember, he might be mentioned in the books, he might be mentioned somewhere, but he is a part of that original timeline. I feel like I've said timeline like 50,000 times. He's a part of that original reality. We're going to switch up a little bit. A part of that original reality. So by him going back, he's going to start shifting the reality back to its normal reality. And then with every person that goes back, so if all four of us went back, it would be like a complete reality. And so everything that was out of order in that reality, as well as other realities, would right themselves because everyone is back where they're supposed to be almost instantaneously. Now, the issue is that if he goes back and the portal closes... And the people who were actually in charge are not there anymore. And he makes himself king. There is a split off of a reality that's closer to truth, but not true. But it does create a... uh, um, How would I say that? It does create a... um, not necessarily a new reality, but it does start to overwrite the previous reality. So if he went back by himself as a jester and made himself king, because nobody would really quite be able to fully consciously prove that he wasn't originally the king. Do you know what I'm saying? Like what Mandela affects. Like, you might see something and, like, in your spirit know that, like, something is off about that. But most people in the reality are about proof. And so if you can't fully tap into it and see these people who are missing and be able, like, oh, they're trapped in a different dimension. We have to wait till another full moon lunar eclipse comes so that we can guide them through the portal so they can return. Uh, then most people are just going to like kind of brush it off and be like, okay, maybe I just remembered that wrong. Do you know what I'm saying? And so he was trying to get there to become king and to solidify this new timeline where he is king because he does have, to a certain degree, rights over the reality because he is a part of the royal family. 
I hope that makes sense. Um, but everyone did get back there except for me. I didn't go back there, which I'm sure there's a reason for that. I didn't go back, but if all of us had gone back, then every reality associated to those realities would return back to normal. Um, and so the spirit was telling me that, um, what she told me was that this goes into shadow work, generational curses, all these type of concepts. So what she told me is that when you're working on your shadow work, you have done character development to the universe, you're more responsible. When you're more responsible, you have access to different ways of communicating with the universe multiverse at large. And so what she was telling me is that I have done enough shadow work in general to where now I have access to my DNA. That means I have access to my ancestors, majority of them. Okay, so we're talking about ancestors on the physical plane. Now, of course, you have spiritual DNA, which would connect you into different spiritual beings. So I'm not even getting into that today. We're just going to talk about ancestors on this physical plane, relatively speaking. Okay, so she was like, do you have enough access to your ancestors to be able to move through bodies? This is a deep concept. <laughs> you know, like back in that dream I was showing you where I resurrected this ancestor. And I think I mentioned when I resurrected him, I didn't need. Now, I'm not talking about whether you want to or not. Because, of course, there is an energy with, you know, just putting yourself in a certain mindset, working your way into something, you know, the sort of theatrics of, you know, what people consider rituals and blah, 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 blah. But when I resurrected this ancestor, the only thing that I needed was intention. I didn't need any offering. I didn't need any sacrifice. I didn't need any tools, herbs, anything. I just needed intention and a focused intention. This is the same concept. So there, she was like, you don't need to go through the portal. <laughs> You don't need to go through the eclipse. You're not on a timeline because you have access to the DNA, which can put you in a different body very esoterically in any time frame that you want to be in. And so it moves from tools to bodies. And so she was like, yeah, you just think your way back there and you'll be back there in a body. And so I was like, whoa, that's so mind-blowing. So basically, eat your carrots. <laughs> Do you want to be able to travel the, the expansiveness of the multiverse? All you got to do is have good character. <laughs> now, of course, I'm still working progress, child. Okay, I don't have everything figured out. But... I have done a lot of character, a lot of character development. And so as you, you know, the universe, your guides, all these different galactic beings and things like that, see that you are developing your character, you get access to more information, more knowledge, and clearly more realms of reality. And so that's why she told me not to move. Um, and so I was like, oh, this is fun. I'm going to definitely talk about that. And so what I'm talking about is that they're, you know, definitely in the spiritual community, you know, like more of the specific spiritual community, not talking about religion, because there's a lot of different people that uh, spirituality means a whole lot of different things. But we're talking about spirituality as far as activating your DNA and your dormant DNA and switching off DNA, switching on DNA, you know, all these more esoteric things. There's really this focus on like step-by-step -step ways to astral project, step-by-step -step ways to be psychic, step-by-step -step ways to do mediumship. And I'm not saying that there is not a form of organization and that, excuse me, um, you know, um, 
self-discipline and things like that that's really what traditions and you know uh, uh rituals and ceremonies and things are about is really just self-discipline um because it teaches you to hold your focus to not be distracted in different ways and of course where your energy uh where your focus goes energy flows and so yes um and I, I just have to mention this because I've seen it. Like, I literally saw the Justice card come out with the King of Cups. Um, and then now, like, I don't even remember when I shuffled this deck, which is so crazy. But now I see the Justice card come out with the Death card. Um, and the Lovers in reverse underneath it. I, I feel like I just want to mention that because it it's going into what I'm saying is that those are key elements but what moves things, what really moves things in a genuine foundational way um, where it's much more effortless is your own internal compass, your own moral code. Um, um, treating people the way that you want to be treated, staying in your integrity, staying in you know, correct judgment and being able to discern other people and where their integrity is, where their morality is. That is your own judgment and guidance system without threat of, you know, without threat of, um, you know, being struck down by lightning and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Just because genuinely you realize the um, truth of just loving each other and doing the best that you can, um, it opens up a lot of doors for you. And that's the place that you want to be in life. Um, so I do want to mention a couple of signs because the Justice card is definitely associated to Libra, um, which is definitely about weighing the pros and cons of things. And ultimately... Um, realizing that logic is a part of it, but really what you're judging and what you're being judged on is your heart. And so it is the scales of the justice system, but it also goes back to the scales of Egypt, which your heart was weighed by a feather. And so we're talking about where your internal heart is, your heart for other people, for yourself, compassionate, you know, uh, compassion, um, you know, um, you know, heart things. Um, and then <laughs> the lovers is Gemini, which is again, a sort of duality, right? Because when we're talking about, um, the scale that weighs your heart, we're talking about the duat, the underworld. Um, and then of course with Gemini, we're talking about duality again, the twins, the, two sides of the same coin um of course death card is scorpio transformation um and deep soul transformation and then of course the king of cups associated to water signs cancer scorpio pisces which is the uh king and tarot of emotional stability emotional maturity that's the highest form of the king of cups is emotional stability and maturity in order to start taking the journey of the fool. And that's really important to say because tarot is set up where, how I look at it, you have the different suits. Pentacles, which is, you know, um, material wealth and goods, and that leads into spiritual wealth and goods. Then you have swords, which is about your intellect and how you utilize that. Then you have wands, which is about spirituality and how that's intertwined with the other aspects of life. And then you have um, cups, which is your emotions and how you relate to other aspects of life. And so, of course, the journey starts from the ace of all of these suits and goes all the way to the king. So the king is the actualized perfection version of each suit. Um, and then from there, you start the fool's journey, which the fool is zero, which is the jester. The jester is the fool. And it talks about, in an esoteric way, the beginning of this journey, which is the number zero, which actually represents the primordial womb, the primordial void, 
which is the beginning of all things. And it's very interesting because it represents all of the possibilities to come. You know, it's very interesting when people talk about, you know, ancient energy. And it's like ancient energy is wonderful. Primordial energy is wonderful. Dark matter is wonderful. Um, However, it also has a growth process. (laughs) So right now, literally, if you think about from dark matter to everything around you and color and structure and though we're like you know working on the spiritual aspects and the more morality integrity aspects there are a lot of things in reality that do work you know and has come a very very long way and so in a lot of ways where you are right now is the pro is the um not progeneration um is the highest projection forward of source And so we're figuring it out along this journey. And so that's what the fool shows you. It goes from the zero, the O, the womb, into conscious awareness, conscious beings, and then back to the fool again as a different level of awareness, a different level of expression of energy. And so... Um, it's a really, really deep concept, and it's very, very interesting. But if you take anything from this today, stay in your heart, stay in your integrity, and be in a state of constantly checking in with yourself, checking in with other people, checking in with God, checking in with your angels, your ancestors, you know, whoever it is that you check in with. And make sure that you're developing character. Make sure you're a person of your word. Make sure that you're a person that doesn't get mixed in with things that, you know, are not good for the collective at large. Make sure that you hold your integrity. Because this is a very, uh, relatively speaking, small stepping stone to being able to attain and achieve really deep things. And, you know, it kind of reminds me of the TV show Merlin, and then I'm going to get off of here. (laughs) The TV show Merlin from 2009. Um, I love the intro. The show itself, I do recommend. It's an awesome show. Um, I might actually watch it again, and I usually don't watch movies, and I usually don't reread books again. Um, But this is a series that I've watched twice now. The end of it, eh, but it's got a really good message. There's one other um, TV series being Erica that's on YouTube that is also pretty good. It's got some risque moments, but a, a really good message. But anyways, um, Merlin and the start of Merlin, like, you know, the beginning of the shows, like, is the same. And it's like, um, it has like a message. And the message is talking about Merlin, who, of course, we know from mythology is like the greatest magician wizard of all time and it talks about from a dragon which a dragon is a representative of primordial energy um it talks about that this is the story of a young boy that's on his journey and he has no idea where his journey is going to come and the tv series merlin is showing you his character development, his morality, his integrity, his compassion, and all of these things that he's learning just growing up and just being in reality until eventually it compounds, like the Fibonacci sequence. It starts off, you know, very small. And then the next level is a little bit more, the next level is a little bit more until you hit this critical mass point to where you're making huge spirals And that's the journey of the person. He's going through this character development, this morality, compassion. He's got moments of choose, you know, shady kind of decisions and stuff like that. Learning from that, making amends, knowing how to, you know, um, admit that he's wrong. And then, you know, being helpful and stuff like that until he hits this critical mass point to where now he's got the universe in sync with him and what you can do with that. Just to remember that the mind 
and enlightenment, which is a mental thing, enlightenment, spiritual development, all these different things, mind over matter and blah, 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 is important to a certain extent, but the foundation of it comes from your heart. That sounds like a Hallmark card. (laughs) But it's facts nonetheless. It's facts nonetheless. So anyways, that is our podcast for today, my friends. I hope that it was inspiring, that it makes sense, that it clicks, and that you're taking this Lionscape portal energy and with the heart of the lion, staying in your integrity, your royalness, and exuding that out for everyone to see and being the example that we really need up in this world, okay? All right, and as always, you can get in touch with me through my email, dimensionaldreamsdd at gmail.com. That is two letter Ds at gmail.com. And I will, well, you will be hearing from me again in the next episode. All right, my friends. Bye. Man, I'm loving your vibe. Man, I'm loving the vibe.